Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Hi everyone, Kevin McDonald here and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. And on this week's episode of the podcast, I'm joined by two guys that I've got to know really well over the last two to three years. They started in property with no experience having maybe just bought their own homes. And over the last two to three-ish years, they've done over 200 plus property deals. They, they are Ben Chambers and Paul Selman. And you're gonna absolutely love this about their entire journey, how they met and how they've done so many deals. So sit back, relax, enjoy, and welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Love to so, have us. Um, tell us a little bit about, for everyone listening, a little bit about you guys in terms of before property. So I'll go to Paul first. So before property, mm-hmm. um, what were you doing? What was life like? And why did you decide maybe property was something you were interested in? Yeah, sure. Um, well, property was something that I always knew was a good idea to get into. Um, when I walked through the doors of Progressive, I was a very tired plumber. Kidded myself a bit that I had a plumbing business. What I really had was a plumbing job. Um, and looking at it now, retrospectively, it was just a really performing asset. Um, I was looking at just getting out of the plumbing world and moving straight into property, and that was going to be my saviour. Thankfully, I didn't do that. What I actually did was I used the network that I got through Progressive and obviously the help of yourself to, to build that property business up, turn it into a well-performing asset that I then sold and built my parachute before I jumped out of the plane. So now I'm full-time property. I managed to actually sell the plumbing business after two years. And I've also then used that business knowledge that I've gained in the last few years to then help develop our property journey properly as well. Cool. So I'll ask you a few questions on some of that as we go through. No worries. So Ben, what were you doing pre-property? So yeah, pre-progressive, I was working in our family business um, outside of property. We've still got that business and it it, it still runs now and I'm still actively involved in in that. Uh, Came to progressive in back in the 2018, um, got into deal packaging and um, started that sort of alongside the other business. Um, Prior to starting, I guess, property properly, um, I'd done the odd flip and then carried on with my day job, never really treated it as 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 a proper business. And when I came here, with some of the guidance and the things that, that I learned, I was able to to start that that journey. Um, some of the systems and, and, and outsourcing that we've put into the other business have allowed me to focus more of my time on, on property uh, while still keeping an eye on the, the other business. So whereas Paul sold his business, I'm still involved in, 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 in my other business, um, but we have a, a, a team there that, that help run that on a day-to-day basis. So you actually, guys, you came to Progressive separately, didn't you? Mm. We did, yeah. And then how did you meet? So you met here. Um, how did that come about? And and what made you decide to start working together? Mm-hmm. And was here the first time you ever met? Not quite, no. Um, we actually met around about 20 years ago at school. We hadn't seen each other for a good 15, 20 years. And it was actually Ben that introduced me to your book. Because Ben walked through the doors of Progressive approximately six months before I did Right. So it was off the back of that. I trusted Ben already, knew him from school, read your book, got involved with progressing myself. Then through our interactions at the mastermind tables uh, and the ongoing support networks that we had here, we, we were quite easily 
and able to rebuild that relationship quite quickly. Um, and where there was already trust involved, we decided it would be a good idea to actually joint venture. Both business owners, both right. you know, overworked and time lacking. So if we could split that resource, it would help us to actually go farther and quicker. And properties are, as like any other business, it's quite a lonely journey sometimes. So if you do it with someone else, you can do it as a JV. And that's why we decided to start working together. Right. So now you, you so you obviously arrived here separately. Mm-hmm. You, you got here, you came to Progressive first, Ben. Yeah. And Paul, mm-hmm. six months-ish later. Yep. Spent a bit of time, even though you knew each other, spent a bit of time getting to know each other mm. and then decided to work together. Yeah. yeah. Do you live near each other? No. Miles away. Miles 260 away. miles. <laughs> so where do you live? Manchester. And Paul? Maidstone in Kent. Maidstone, Kent. So how do you... There's some gold dust there that'll help people in their journeys as well. So how do you uh, work together from so far apart? Well, we've got clearly defined roles within the business for starters. That was key because when I first started in, in, in deal packaging, because of the links with the other business, I was running around all over the place and, and getting nowhere fast. Um, so we were able to take that and, and give ourselves really sort of clearly defined roles. We package in Manchester and Liverpool. So most of our sort of on the boots activity is, is, is in the north. So it was then taking the activities that we needed, the investor marketing, um, finding clients, our, our social media, those were things that Paul would take on because he can do those from from, from anywhere. Anyway. Mm. He does still come to Manchester. I still do come down to, to, to the south, but predominantly we're in separate parts of the, right. the country. Now, when you talk about deal packaging, for mm. anybody listening to this who's unsure what deal packaging is, yeah. um, explain deal packaging to the audience and how that works. So in a nutshell, uh, we find a property for a buyer, an investor. We do due diligence on that property. We do rental analysis. Does it need a refurb? We negotiate the sale with the uh, the vendor or with the estate agent if it's a deal that's come through an estate agent. And we handle uh, or liaise with uh, the conveyances and, and sort of handhold that entire process for the buyer. So works really well for buyers that are out of area, out of the country, perhaps time poor as Paul and I both both were, um, and we do all the, the, the legwork for them. We take a fee for that service, obviously, and then over the time, uh, over the, the, the first sort of year, we put in place other parts to that puzzle, so a refurb team, a lettings team, so that we can handle that whole process from start to finish. We used our business knowledge in that sort of capacity to start looking at every aspect of that journey as a as a conveyor belt, <laughs> like there is with any other business. So there's a product, there's a service that has to be delivered, and there's an invoice. So when we could tag on the refurb side of things and actually charge for that as a project management fee, that's a business in its own sense. We then used to handle the lettings loosely by giving it back to a letting agent in return for referrals. However, we then bought a letting agent for that reason. So now we can handle the entire process through. Another thing that's helped Ben and I work together but apart was um, putting staff in place. We both learned in our previous businesses that staff and how investing in people is absolutely key. And um, any profit that we had in the early days was reinvested into staff. So we had the likes of Donna, uh, Chris, Alison, Elizabeth, just to name a few. And, and they've helped us expand and expand a lot quicker, you know, because there's this strength in numbers. For anybody listening to this, I've said that obviously you've done 200 plus deals in around three years. Mm. So how many deals is it and what period of time? 
Well, it is 223 on the dot. We've still got some of them going through legals currently, so that that could alter if the other one sometimes falls out of bed um, at the last moment. But as it stands at the moment, we've done 223. Not all for ourselves, obviously. We, we, we do most of them for the investors. But what we have done is we also use those investor contacts to actually start building relationships. So once we've sourced for someone one or two properties, they then get interested in us actually working together. Yeah. And they've then funded some of our property deals because we found that using the likes, so we were doing maybe four viewings a day at one mm. point. So we're seeing a lot of properties. And as you said early in my journey, the key is viewings and offers. Mm. So we see lots of deals that we want to do ourselves as well, but we can't always afford them all. So at the moment, we've got three deals that we want to do. We can afford one ourselves and we're finding funding for two others. No, but that's that's the beauty of running a sourcing business alongside a more creative strategy business in property is that it allows you to go quicker and view a lot more properties. For anybody listening to this now and they're thinking, um, you know, 223 deals in how long? Three years. In three years. Um, I'm not sure if I could do that. It's not possible for me, etc. cetera. Uh, how many property deals had you guys done before three years ago in your lifetime up to that point what had you done well i'm the quickest answer on that one i didn't even own my own house then <laughs> so, <laughs> that's I'd, how many i've done <laughs> i'd done one flip right. uh badly right. so very little property experience mm. to 300 deals so the key of this is you can do property investing no matter how long you've been doing another career no matter where your starting point is you can get started and scale a property business. The key word here being a business mm -hmm. and, and treating it like a business. So you, when I first met you, Paul, I remember you were thinking about giving up your plumbing business completely. You mentioned earlier there that you, you decided to scale that instead. Mm -hmm. um, how, how did you juggle the property business and the plumbing business at, what, at the same time and have enough time to do it? Because one of the big challenges I hear people come to me and maybe whether it be a challenge mm -hmm. or a reason or an excuse is I don't have the time to do property. Mm. So as a plumber, I'm guessing you worked long hours. Yeah. Um, how did you fit it all in? Well, I did, additionally, I, when I started, I was doing about 80 hours a week still on the tools and running the business. Um, and then it all came down to systems and people. And that was how it revolutionized not only my life, and I had to change my way of thinking. So instead of thinking of what needs to be done, it was who can I get to do this? And that's when it started to change. So in the plumbing business, the first person I got was somebody to take my role on the tools, because that's where I spent the majority of my time. My job was then redundant from that role, and then I moved into a sales role. Once I got busy on the sales role, I made myself redundant from that. So my main occupation in that business, and is still to this day in every other business, is to make myself redundant as quickly as possible. And then you become a bit of a plate spinner, and eventually you put the last key stone in, an ops manager or a managing director, and that's when you own an asset. So actually in terms of monetary and net profit, I was probably earning only a little bit more than I was as a sole trader, but I wasn't doing anything. The business was running without me. That then freed up my time, and I've, I've realised over the last three years that time's the most important mm. element, and that you can't replace that. So the more businesses I can have, and the quicker I can get my time back from those businesses, you know, the better my life will be. And obviously, you were doing a lot of the online stuff, the social mm. media. It's very systemised. Well, yeah. Ben, you were, I guess, the foot, feet on the ground doing, the, looking for the deals. Absolutely. So um, how, how did you, having another business running alongside, how did you juggle that time? Well, similarly to, to, to Paul, you know, I mean, we, we speak regularly and trade and swap ideas and, you know, how can you help with this and, and, and have 
giving advice to Paul and, and, and vice versa. So for me, most of my time was spent viewing properties. So my other business is based uh, about 30 miles away from our investment area. So you can't just nip and do a viewing. So you, you, you start thinking you're really clever then and I'm just gonna do them on a Wednesday, but the vendor's not always available on a Wednesday or the agent wants you there in half an hour. You know, you've got to be flexible. So I was doing a lot of viewings, so it was about replacing that, that role for me first. Um, we have two people, Chris and Alison, who do a fantastic job for us. They've brought so much to the business and, and Paul talked about staff. They are now doing that role better than I ever did it. The, the, the footage, the videos they take of properties that we can then send out as part of our investment packs, investor packs, um, is way better than I could, could ever do. That allowed me to spend more time talking to prospects and talking to clients. Donna then joined the team and she's taken it up you know, another notch. By the end of the first year, we'd done, or I had done, 20, <clears throat> excuse me, 22 deals. In year two, we did 96. And when I say we, I mean Donna did about 90 of those. <laughs> you know, that allowed me to spend more time growing and systemizing the other business. So she really took the lead on, on, on that and still does to, to, to this day. And, and, you know, Paul will back me up on this. She's way, way better at that than, than, than I ever was. Mm. And bringing other ideas, um, other systems into that that process then Chris and Alison and, and Donna they've taken ownership of those those roles and, and they're doing them better than, than than I ever could now it's about running the business and what's the next step what's yeah. the bigger vision and, and that's what we discuss so now I've got a question I've got people listening and I can read their minds guys they're thinking that's great for you guys but um, I can't afford systems mm -hmm. so how did you could you afford systems did you have to spend a lot of money on systems? What type of systems were you using? There's a couple of ways of looking at that. You, you, we couldn't afford systems financially in the, in the first instance. However, you can't afford not to have them eventually. So you know that that's going to be part of your end game. It's just a, it's at what point you rip that plaster off. And you, you have to get to that point. And the quicker you can get to the point, like I said before, working out who can do it instead of how do you do it, so it's an investment like everything else. You reinvest your profits from your first couple of deals into the staff, systems, and people. Because then that'll allow you to grow quicker. I mean, I do forecasts for our business, and we, we do, on average, maybe, I think our best month was 17 deals. We average out between five and 10 deals a month. But what we're trying to do now is get to 20 to 25. So the first thing I'm doing now is working out how many people I need to be able to do 25. So it's getting clever at forecasting, and that's not a skill I knew three years ago. It's a skill that develops by being around the right people, being around other business people, the connections and tapping into their, into their networks. And eventually, over time, enough of this drips in and you start you know, picking up decent tips on it, really. What about for somebody who's sitting in and thinking, I don't do systems, I'm not very techy. <laughs> I don't do systems and I'm not techy. <laughs> I, can, I can say that categorically. Uh, I hate systems. Um, for, for me... Um, I mean, you, I see quite a lot of posts, even now still in the progressive property community, what's the best CRM system? How do you track your leads? How do you, you know, mine was on a, a pad with a mm. pen and a bit, I'm, I'm a little bit old school in, in, in that sense, but you can do 10 deals a year that way. You can't do 96 deals a year in, in, in that, that way. So we started with a, a really basic Excel spreadsheet. 
I still use one. <laughs> he still run. You ran your plumbing business off off one for years. Yeah. So we started with that. Eventually, you get to a point where the spreadsheet's not quite enough, and you need a few other little features. But we've got um, a, a CRM system now, which is it's all right. You know, it, it helps mm. us track our prospects, our properties, properties that we viewed which stage it's at and, and it's great, but we didn't put that in at day one. We've kind of built up to that and, and being around, you know, the, the, whether it be people in the progressive community online, whether it be people in the masterminds in the room, whether it just be myself and, and Paul, you know, just spitballing, talking ideas, how do we do this? You end up with a, a, a bit of a system that works they're never perfect. They're always they're always evolving, um, but when you bring people into those roles, they will then start to dictate how those systems work as well. So I hate systems. Donna hates systems, but her system works for her. Yeah. Mm. I can look at the system and I know where where all the deals are up to. If 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 I can't do that, that's the only thing I'm I'm concerned about. Hi, it's Kevin, just interrupting the podcast to let you know that there is a completely free report on buy to let property to help you either start or scale your property investment business. It is available in the descriptions. You can go and download it completely free. It can help you to get started in property, get your first buy to let property, get you moving on your property journey on that road to financial freedom. So go now, download it from the descriptions and enjoy the read. Now let's head back to the show. When you met and decided to start working together, did you think you'd have built the business you've built this quickly? Or what was your initial plan? No. Our initial plan is something that we're actually still trying to work back to, which is to do more <laughs> deals for ourselves. We, we thought we'd use packaging and, and the <clears throat> investor side of things just to view a lot of deals and raise some funds. So say every fifth property we'd package, we'd have enough money for a deposit on a right to let. That was the, the loose idea of the mm. business plan at the time. We then got to the point where it was so easy to package a deal for somebody else that we wouldn't be bothered to do it ourselves. <laughs> and then we got two years in and we go, we haven't actually bought a house for ourselves in the last like year. So that's where we're trying to get back to now, where we're trying to actually start concentrating more on our own portfolio yeah. and building that up because we can see, we both like being in business. We'll both always be in business, we think, you know, until the day we, we drop. But we're doing this for legacy now. Mm. We've got these. We've got between the two of us. We've got four businesses running that cash flow our lives fine, but we need to build legacy not only for our kids and and family, but for us when we retire. So that's kind of become the game plan now is to do more projects for ourselves. Do you always get on, or do you have <laughs> issues? We actually schedule in. We do a Friday meeting. This was actually an idea that was fed to us because we worked out I think during the main lockdown that we hadn't actually seen each other for nine months in person mm. and maybe talked one every two weeks and we were wondering why it was stalling. We were still working and we were still doing things, but it was stalling slightly. So we, we decided to schedule in a meeting every Friday where we'd spend the first hour discussing technical things and what we need to do. We then allow, allow a half an hour at the end to basically have a go at each other about what the other hasn't done and what we need we have to a get rant. off our chest. Yeah, what we need to get off our chest. We then we know we've got the weekend to digest it and Monday's business as usual. But we need to trust each other enough to say, look, if we don't get this out in the open, stuff will fest, especially when you've got 260 mile distance between you. Um, it could easily fall over. You know, so it's um, yeah, scheduling time to 
get things off your chest is, is imperative, really. You mentioned a lot about um, the support and, and masterminds and stuff. So how important has the education and mm. that support structure and having mentors around you been to the journey? Well, it's been fundamental for me. Um, I wouldn't be anywhere near where I am now um, to the point where mentorship has become such a keystone in my life. I've got, I think, five mentors now. You right. know, uh, because I just know that every time I want to do something, first thing is which mentor can I align with to help me go quicker? Um, same with the network. We wouldn't have done anywhere near as many deals as we had done no. now without that network. And we wouldn't have progressed. And it also wouldn't have been as much fun. You know, it takes takes the sting out of it. I spent eight years building a plumbing business on my own and it was painful. There's great content on books and YouTube. I wrote a great book, No Money Down Talking. <laughs> but um, what would you say to people who say, you know, everything you need to know is on, on a podcast or in a book or in YouTube. You don't need mm. um, mentors. What would you say to people I, who think I, that? I can give you a really good example of that. Um, because I was probably one of those people before I walked into the, the, the rooms here. Um, I did some training um, and I signed up to a mastermind. I did a six month mastermind for, for deal packaging. And after six months, I'd done zero deals. After five months and three weeks, actually, I'd done <laughs> zero deals. And two days before my final month six mastermind session, I finally got that, that first deal over the line. Without the support, without the ability to come into a room with people on the same part of or the same part of the path, if you will, or maybe a little bit further ahead, I probably would have because I would not have had the time, or I would have told myself, should I say, I wouldn't have had the time to do more viewings, talk to more people. I've got another business. I'm just going to go and do that. That would have been my my sort of my negative head kicking in. And when you're in your own bubble, it's very easy to let those voices or your own inner voice kind of talk you out of it and say that there's an easier option. So to have people around that table, particularly the mentors at that time, saying, do you know what, Ben, actually, everything you're doing is, is right. Keep going. Just that encouragement, keeping in contact with them through the, the, the month as well, which, you know, I had to do. You know, they're not going to chase me for it because they've got their own businesses and their own lives to lead. I've got to hunt that support out. And I think that was was key as well, was was to really go and actively look for that that support and make the most of the, the network that I was building. So to do zero deals in the first six months and then do another 22 in the second six months, that was the momentum that I'd, that I'd built up. But so many times in that first six months, you know, yeah, the knowledge is there or the information is there to, to, to go back to your, to your point. The information is in podcasts, it's in books, it's it's on YouTube, it's in the progressive Facebook group. But for, for me at that time, I think, for, for if, if I can say this, that, that kick up the backside um, was, was really what, what I needed. And, you know, now the it's almost the rest is history. Now he just gives me a kick up backside every yeah. now and then. I quite obviously say if it wasn't for that sort of support, I'd on this time on an afternoon I'll be fitting a boiler. I'll be in someone's kitchen still fitting a boiler. Because it was so easy to drift back into our routines and not be aligned. I think at one point I was in progressive every two weeks for a year, you know, just to get realigned and pushed along. Is that as well because like five months of trying to do something but not getting paid when you could just go to the job mm -hmm. and you're paid next Friday? Yeah. It's do do you think people 
focus too much on on the quick win and the money now rather than the the longer term yeah absolutely um get rich quick quit your dark quit your job in two weeks that that's that's a, a sort of attractive headline it, it it sells and i'm sure it puts bums in seats in in a lot of training companies um i mean we've, we've said this a number of times if i sat in front of a room of people and said you can't quit your job, you're gonna to have to slog your guts out, it's gonna be really hard, you're gonna hate yourself, your family's probably gonna, they'll support you because they love you, but they're probably also gonna secretly be thinking, I wish they'd just go and get their job, just go back and focus on on that, and they're gonna do that for two years, I reckon the room are empty. <laughs> I, I would not be a very good motivational speaker. Apart from a poll, because it's so interesting to say that, but yeah. what was the first thing I told you when you wanted to do property? Well, the first thing was like take action and things like that, and it's just. And what did I tell you to do about your job? Keep it. Keep mm. it. Keep it. Build Keep your it. parachute before yeah. you jump out before of the plane. So many people, mm. what they do is they think I'm I can't do property because I don't have mm. the time. I'm going to quit my job so I can do property. Mm. But you've got free available time. You just need to be smarter with your free available time first. Oh yeah. And if you get smart with your free available mm. time, then quit your job. So build that parachute, mm. replace the income, and this is why. Um, some people don't succeed and some do and i wanted to mm. say well done guys because you, you. took the action you stick, stayed the course mm -hmm. you kept going when the when the, the difficult times were there and the rewards pay off in the end so it builds um, you and it strengthens mm. you i mean we had a recent one just to drop this in quickly because you think it's all rainbows and sunshine sometimes yeah. but about three or four days ago we had one of our renovations burned to the ground oh wow yeah mm. um arson vandalism Thankfully, nobody died, fully insured, but the investor's still on board with us. We were there on the ground within a couple of hours to make sure that everything's sorted. And, it, and it's those sort of relationships, like so the network and having people around you. I mean, if that had happened to me on my own, I would have, you know, just chucked in the can and thought property's not for me. But I know I've got a handful of people I could ask for advice now on how to sort that out. And our investors know we've got that behind us. We know that we've got strength in ourselves now after three years in the game to, to deal with that for people. So, you know, it's not all... Not all great stuff sometimes, but overall, did I'm glad you we got you know into those? It. Did you have a lot of challenges in say the first two years that were major problems at the time, but you can't even remember now? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, I, I think um, you 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 forget the struggles, um, sort of twelve months, eighteen mm. months, two years ago, because the. Um, the, the reward for solving that problem is a bigger problem. Bigger problem. You never get rid of it. And, and I think for, for me, um, you know, being in business, if you take away school holidays and, and weekends and such like as a teenager for, for nearly 20 years now, you, you just, you're almost looking into the future going, well, if I deal with that and I get rid of that problem, or if I can just get rid of this headache, or if I can just pay off that finance or just get that sorted, it never happens because business is evolving all the time and, and the reward is, is bigger headaches. Even from a personal point of view, I, I, one of the main things I realised quite quickly was I got some gratification off one of my first deals and I was depressed. And I could not work out why I was depressed when I just had this brilliant deal, earned me about 18 grand in six months. And it took me to do a lot of digging with some people to actually realise that I was getting more enjoyment out of the challenge mm. and out of the chase and thinking about the next one than I was from the actual gratification of doing the deal. Hmm. Now I know that that's in place and that I'll never be happy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a lot easier to deal with. Yeah. I've just got to keep myself busy and keep myself challenged. I remember having those conversations with you about um, 
the only thing I love about property is negotiating the deal. And once I've got the keys, it's a bit boring. Yeah. And I need to do another deal. Yeah. And it's it's the exact same thing. And, and people go through that. One of the challenges with being an entrepreneur is we, we're always striving for more. Yeah. So what are you striving for next? Hmm. What's, oh. what's the sort of next three to five year plan? I think focusing on our own portfolio is is and, and growing that is part of the bigger picture. But I reckon that everybody that gets into property probably says, "I just want to buy some houses and live off the rental income." We, Having there's there's a there's a part of that. We'd be I'd be lying if I said it wasn't. Yes, yeah. there's an element of of that. Over the last three years, um, over two hundred twenty three deals, I've worked with some landlords that when they do a refurb, say, I want this back to brick, I want to put a nice kitchen, a nice bathroom, I want to provide a really nice home for a family, a young tenant, whether it be a buy-to-let, HMO, block of flats, it, it doesn't matter. That's their mindset. That's the product, okay? It's a, it's, a, it's a home, it's somebody's home, but essentially it's a product that they want to deliver and, and a service that they want to provide. Unfortunately, we've also worked with quite a few landlords that want to sticky plaster things and they want to bodge the bathroom and they want to spend two grand, but it really needs 10. And then they expect us to manage the lettings. So we've, we now turn down the lettings work if the uh, buyer or if the, the, the landlord refuses to bring the property up to a certain standard. And we, we did that very early on. So. For me, it sounds really wishy-washy, but it's, it was retaining a little bit of that control back as well, where we could actually say, we know what we're delivering, we know it's good quality, we know it's up to regs, and we know that that tenant is gonna be there for hopefully five, 10 years in a, in, in a, a house they can call a home, even though they're renting, um, which some people choose to do. It's not necessarily being, being forced into that, but not, not necessarily, um, having to then fight with the, and, and almost become part of the culture of the evil landlord. Um, in Paul's business, in my other business, we've never been the cheapest, but we've provided great service and a great quality product. And, and the property business is no different. And the thing about refurbs is that you're going to get a higher valuation, you get higher rental income, you get Absolutely. less maintenance. Easier life. So mm. easier life. Yeah. I mean, from a, a you know, perspective of, of data and deals, I know that we're aiming now for 25 deals a month. That's what we want to get to. That's the next step in that business. Uh, we want to start handling more of our own lettings, like I said, growing the letting side as well, because not only is it a good source of income, it can pay the marketing bill, etc. cetera. Um, it's also a great source of director vendor marketing. Mm. That's the main reason we have a lettings agent. So we want to develop that side. We're also looking to other areas of investment, because one thing I've realized over the last three years is if you can become the expert in a non-property related field in another business area, then you're the only property person they can go to. So I'm involved in other investment areas and other businesses and other um, industries. Yeah. And then I can use a sort of a cross-network referral scheme so that if somebody wants to do this, I can do this with them. And it's, it's basically always being able to provide the service. And I want to build as much of a network and as many businesses in, in different fields as I can, really. What would you say to anyone who's thinking, is it possible for them to get started in property? Or maybe they're... They're already in property, but struggling to you sort of get the results. They went through that initial stage of nothing's mm-hmm. nothing seems to be happening, and when they say nothing, they mean they haven't got the keys yet. Yeah. So, what what sort of advice would you give them? Well, you need to get support. That that would be my main first step. Like I said before, every time I try and do something different, I first think about who can help me do it now. 
rather than trying to think and fight and, and struggle myself to try and work it out, what's the point? Someone that has, there's nothing, no one's going to reinvent the wheel. You know, someone has trodden that path before. You've just got to find a trustworthy, reliable person to help you on that journey and you'll go quicker. And then you can give back. So I, my, my advice would be get support. Ben? 100%. 100% agree with, with that. And, and take, I think, rather than just repeat Paul's point, uh, for, for me, particularly in the early stages, it was about at least doing something each day. So if you only speak to one estate agent a day, that's five a week. If you do Monday to Friday, you know, that's 20 a month. If you say to someone, ring 20 estate agents on a Monday, th that, that's a very different proposition. Just do a little bit of something, take small steps, small steps, and, and you know, they, they add up. It's that compound effect. Awesome. You mentioned, obviously, the support of mentors the support um you know being involved in masterminds and stuff but what about the other people so not just the the mentors themselves and the guidance but what they the people that you've met the the fellow students at the time how important have they been to your journey well they've been, they've been fundamental um i mean not only like you said the support and the advice you get from them but you'll find it's, it's very strange when you start in another industry you get people following you and they they, they stalk you for a bit it's a bit creepy to be honest <laughs> however once you've kept consistent with that sort of social media things and it builds your own reputation, your own brand. And we had, I mean, we had somebody reach out to us and just said they'd had one investment that's matured. Could we do with the funds? And we had a discussion. We, we gave them a, a decent interest and they're happy. But without that sort of continuity of content, this is our refurb, this is an HMO we're doing, this is a flip we're doing, this is how well we're doing for our investors. None of that would have been apparent to them. But it's that network and then that grows and then once, I mean, we paid one investor back six months early. How many people did he tell about that? It was fantastic, you know, and you just think, well, if you can provide that service for them, that taps into, because you've not only got to think, if, if I JV with Ben or if I JV with you, I'm not JVing with just you, I'm JVing with everybody you know. Yeah. Because they're going to talk, you know, and that's how this develops. So people, when they're starting, they go, oh, I can't find investors. You go, we've been going a fortnight. And that's why, <laughs> you know, yeah. the reason you haven't found investors quite that quickly is because it doesn't happen that quickly. It's a slow burner, but you've got to stay consistent and you've got to keep, you know, repeating that message. Guys, that's awesome. Thank you for coming in and sharing your journey and hopefully inspiring some people of what they can do and what could be achieved in a short period of time. And for anyone who's listening in or watching this and they want to reach out to you, get in touch with you, how can they find you? The easiest way is just social media. Um, we, we could give you websites, everything, but just come and have a chat. It's a, it's a person game, this one, so you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, even to my son's horror. I've now got a TikTok account, if, if you're that way inclined. Same with Ben, yeah? So I don't Paul, have a TikTok account. <laughs> so Paul Salmon. Paul Salmon on Facebook and Salmon Paul on Instagram. So it was already Paul taken. Salmon, S-E-L-M-A-N on Facebook and Salmon Paul on Instagram. That's the one. Just to be different. Just to be different. Just to swap and it ben, around. Yeah, Ben Chambers, Facebook is the, the, the best place the for best me. Place. Yeah. Okay, Ben Chambers on Facebook. Yeah. And what we'll probably do is stick some links and stuff under the podcast mm -hmm. anyway. So for anyone who wants to reach out to the guys. So say, guys, thank you for coming in. You've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. We've been interviewing Paul Selman and Ben Chambers about how they've done over 200 plus deals in over three years. If this has inspired you to get started on your property journey, then go take some action. And I hope to see you sometime maybe on a podcast episode where you're sharing your property investment journey. Guys, I've been Kevin McDonald. They've been Paul and Ben. You've been absolutely awesome. I'll see you next week.